0: Father, I thank you so much for this, uh, for this morning. I thank you that, um, you know, probably half the the church is out to celebrate a a new wedding and that's beautiful and wonderful. And, um, and others of us here can, uh, continue into, uh, learning about you, continuing to to seek you and ask for you to change our hearts. Father, Uh, I pray that you would, um, be using what everybody's heard so far. We've heard and, uh, continue to use me and speak through me, Lord, uh, let your spirit uh, really do the work. And, um, And just pray that you would just be opening ears and uh, just translate through your your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I can't pray and share my screen at the same time, so. Come on. Okay, who gets the credit? This is fun because in in a a way this is, my my talk is gonna be a focused uh, piece of doubt. Um, So I just wanted to start kind of with thinking these, these questions. Do you believe in God? Do you believe that he loves you? Do you believe that he's able and willing to act on your behalf? And hopefully those, those, we, we, we say yes to you pretty quick. Um, but the, the test comes more when, when you're in a pinch, when something's really important, this has to happen. What's your response? Is it, I need to pray or is it your response? I can't, I can't waste time on that right now. I need to go do right. That that's, uh, Sometimes an uncomfortable place to find, uh, find a reaction there. Um, and I'm going to come to the end where I reacted in a way that I'm not so happy with. But first, I want to start with a story. About two months ago, um, Richard shared a need. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I think everybody here probably does, but um, Richard, who started us out, one of the elders, um, he's also a policeman, I would say by night, but or by day, but by night right now. And uh, in briefing, he, he was told about a situation, um, really serious situation. Uh, a girl had been abducted, I'm gonna speak in code because I know there's some um, little ears um, for trafficking. It was pretty clear that that was the, the reason. And um, with all the responses Richard could have had, including a gun on his hip, he prayed. And not only that, he reached out to the saints to pray. <clears throat> um, he, he called the church to, to pray. And um, I remember seeing that message. Um, I got it a little bit later. I'd been working and I didn't see the message. And, and I remember praying and, just, and being so moved. I mean, talk about not, you know, some, sometimes we do this little stub my finger kind of thing. And we have a prayer for that. That's great. God loves you. But this is, life altering. I mean, can you imagine this is modern day slavery to, in the worst way, teenage girl. And, um, his response was to pray and to seek prayer. And now that I was praying, um, tears in my eyes. And as, um, it's that, that tears, that comes from, from being so close to the spirit and, and what he's doing, um, And so, you know, go on with things. And later that evening, Richard might have corrected me. Maybe it was the next day. I thought it was that evening. Maybe I got the message a day late. It was reported that the FBI recovered her. Okay. Um, This is not normal. It's not, oh, well, of course they did. It's the FBI. So who gets the glory? No, no. They, they, they were the ones you know, that showed up, but uh, this doesn't go on because everybody's um, rescued every time, right? This is a huge issue because people aren't. So when we bring out a bigger weapon, which do we give credit for? Okay, Little kid tries to stop something, nothing stops. Bigger kid tries to stop something, nothing stops. Adult tries to stop something and it stops. Do we give credit to the little kid? Well, okay, the little kid had a good heart. That's awesome, they they get credit for helping. But it was the adult that changed something. So when we cry out to God, and a girl is rescued, who is responsible? The FBI or God? And um, God uses all kinds of things. God uses believers. Who are will willingly allow themselves to be used, but he also uses unbelievers who are used unwillingly. Um, so my my point is not an awareness, um, but an awareness of our response to prayer. Uh, okay, kind of. Let's see if this works well. Um, I remembered a verse that talked about um, God sharing glory and and therefore how do we need to respond when God does something. And then I realized this whole chapter um, really touched on this well. I'm gonna go pretty quickly, it wasn't, um, okay. A little background uh, for those of us in that did the Bible track last semester. Right. We remember that after the, the time of the three kings, when Israel was together as one, they split apart to become Israel. Judah, uh, Syria comes and scatters the people of Israel in different wars. They didn't trust God and um, they were scattered. Babylonia comes and captures. Um, I'm sorry. Did I mess that up? Israel was scattered. Babylonia comes and uh, captures Judah because they stopped trusting in God. And this was actually prophesied ahead of time that they would be taken in captivity for 70 years. They're taken over, um, but part of the prophecy is they would also be released in 70 years. And um, so we have uh, Persia, Judah returns. They, they took over the Babylonians, and a couple of years later, they actually let um, Judah return. This is from um, Isaiah, if you want to follow along, it's Isaiah 48. And he's reminding the people that when God acts in your behalf, don't, don't credit others. Hear, O house of Jacob, who are named Israel, and who came forth from the loins of Judah. Remember, this is specifically Judah, not all of Israel. And invoke, um, who swear by the name of Yahweh, and invoke God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. So he's saying, You say you're his, but you're not acting that way. But they call themselves after the holy city and lean on God of Israel. Yahweh of hosts is his name. I declare the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. So he's reminding them that, that this has been prophesied, and when a prophecy has been in place for a long time, and it doesn't come, it doesn't come. We're just used to that thing that it's going to happen, and then it happens. And all of a sudden, there's almost this tendency to forget that it was prophesied because... So let me make that example. Jesus said he's coming. Do you expect him right now? No, we would be blown away. Like, what? You said you were coming, but now? Because it's been 2,000 years that he's been saying he's coming, right? So we expect it, and yet our expectation isn't of right now. So when the prophecy happens, it's easy to dismiss it and and not connect the two things together, and he's warning them not to do that. So that's where we get, suddenly I acted and came to pass, because I know you are obstinate, and your neck is an iron sinew, and your forehead bronze. So us guys probably think this is pretty cool, you know, I'm, I'm made of iron and bronze, but This is stiff-necked, you're iron, you won't bow your head. Your forehead is bronze, you're hard-headed, you think you know it all, and so you can't learn, you can't be taught. Sorry, if you have epilepsy, that's probably not good for you. Therefore, I declare them to you long ago, before they took place, I proclaimed them to you, so that you would not say, my idol has done them. My FBI rescued her. Oh, it doesn't say that. And my graven images and my molten images have commanded them. You have heard, uh, look, you have heard, look, all this, and you will not declare it. I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known. They are created not long ago, and before today, you have not heard them, so that you will not say, behold, I knew them. You have not heard you have not known. Even from long ago, your ear has not been open because I know that you would deal very treacherously and you have been called a rebel from birth. We come back to that that treacherously piece there. For my sake, my name, I delayed my wrath for my praise. I restrained it from you in order not to cut you off. Behold, I have refrained, um, I refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. And Here's a verse that brought me here in the first place. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will act. For how can my name be profaned? For my glory, I will not give another. So Lord wants when he says he's going to do something for us and he does it, he wants the glory for it. So much so that it is actually uh, a detriment to ourselves if we don't give him the glory. because we start thinking that our reliance is on something else. And if our reliance is on, uh, in this case, the FBI rather than God, and next time we go, oh, don't worry, they've got it. The government's got it. Whoever else has got it. It doesn't bring us to our knees. We miss the one who actually made something happen. Okay. Uh, I was going to go a little bit more specifically through this. I'm going to jump quite a bit because I have some more I want to get to. Um, He's very specific about bringing them out of the time of captivity there. Um, And we see just just as he's trying to warn them against, uh, when they return to Jerusalem, they're they're, they're very conflicted. There's some belief in remembrance and trying to go forward in, in obedience and but then there's a lot of fear and so they end up not building like they were told to uh, building the temple uh, for, for quite some time. They do it eventually. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find where I can cut out. Um, I'm just going to skip on now. So who gets the credit again? So I come, came back to because um, we, we can easily say it was the The Medes and the Persians, there were some of the other captive peoples, right? They rose up and took over Babylon. So it's easy to look at them and give them the credit because what they did was a good thing. As a matter of fact, the king, maybe Artaxerxes, I think, stretching my memory here, um, felt convicted to see the temple rebuilt and actually sent money to it and, and commanded taxes be used for that. So good for Artaxerxes. And just like that little kid, remember, he did a good thing. So, so we can give him credit for, for following and obeying what he was told. I, I don't get the impression he fully trusted God, um, but enough that he felt he should act. But we need to remember it was Yahweh who made him act. Um, and therefore, truly, the credit goes to God. So the story about this girl um, the very next prayer night it was on my heart to share it with everybody and go let's be careful when we're praying not to gloss right past what god's done why should we show up and pray and ask god to do something if we don't think something's going to happen and therefore when something happens we need to be giving glory to god and um there was just a lot of requests that night and so i didn't bring that up i didn't want to keep anybody from being able to pray i think that was fine um but I, I, I bring that up just to say this was on my, my mind of recognizing God and, and giving him glory and yet just a few weeks later um, we had Kat uh, uh, was doing spe- specifically prayers for healing and, um, and I came up and asked for healing had some issues with my gut and whatnot um, intestines or something and I, I'd already had a, a doctor's appointment set up and it's been a problem for a couple of years and after after they prayed for later that week it wasn't there was no snap change yet i noticed after a week like i think i'm i think i've been doing better this week this is great i think god's really making a difference here Not monday um so just short of a week later uh, i was going to the doctor and i started thinking about things that he talked to the doctor about and questions and whatnot and And all of a sudden I start going, I wonder if there's something different I ate that's making me do better. You know what? I took that allergy pill. I wonder if there's a food that I'm allergic to. I wonder if the allergy pill made me better. And I went to the doctor and shared this stuff with him and going there, I I was actually feeling good. I felt better than I had in quite some time. And But even while talking to him, I started to feel worse. And throughout that day, felt worse and worse and i back to where I had been. Um, and I, I think God was teaching me a lesson, even though I, I had, I'd learned the lesson in, in hearing it. I hadn't got it to the point where I was applying to my life when he did something for me, I acknowledged him at first. And then I started to figure out what else it could have been, you know, um, maybe is it the fear of talking to the doctor and going, Hey, I think God's helped me. We're good now. Um, So I want to be careful too. It's not that there's a time for making changes in food. There's a time for allergy bills. The allergy bill is fine. That was for my sinuses. But in taking credit away from God was the the issue there. Um, And so I think there's a a careful God leads us to things. But even when it's a thing that helps us, God helped us get there in the first place. Um, Tad asked me, uh, the, the, the rhetorical mentor, like a lawyer asking the question that he knows the answer to to help you get there. He said, Does that mean that God's not good? So, if God would take healing away from me, does that mean God's not good? It'd be mean, one thing to consider if it was just this, um, you know, oh, I'm just going to take it back, right? But we always have to take something back when it becomes not good, right? We can give something good to a child. And when they start hitting their sibling with it, it is no longer a good thing. We must take it back, and it does not make the parent bad. Well, when healing became something that directed my focus and faith somewhere else, it became that thing that was not good. And in taking it back, it directed my my sight to him. And I will tell you, if, if I can keep my sight on him and trusting him and his goodness and his acting on my behalf in prayer and in others' behalf in prayer, if I get that, and I never have healing in my, my gut, that's awesome, right? Now, I happen to know God, and he's the one that wants to give both. But um, so that's a little piece on the but good. I do want to real quickly talk New Testament. Um, in case we missed the verse where Jesus said, if you knew the Father, you'd have known me. We want to make sure that things didn't change in the New Testament. Jesus... Um, I going to say, he heard, going to say, he, referring to Jesus. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And at first, I didn't recognize how closely this paralleled with my original story because um, getting diagnosed as a leper would have been awfully similar. You're now taken away from everything you know and love. Your, your house is burned so nobody else gets sick. You can't be around people. It was lawful and the right thing to do to throw rocks at a leper to make sure they stayed far enough away so they didn't infect the whole community. Um, I mean, not just, just one step not as bad as the, the other story. So just to say, this request wasn't... Uh, You know, I'd kind of like to have this nice thing. Um, This was a, it really was life and death, but also just a a horrible life and painful death difference. When he saw them, so when Jesus saw the 10 lepers, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest and note, he did not heal them here. It is his power. He was acting, but they are not healed at this point. And as they were going, they were cleansed. But note, they're far enough away that there's, they, they've left. They've, they've obeyed and, and moved on. And in their obedience um, and trust, they were healed. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. I was going to speak a little bit more on Samaritans. They were very hated by the Jews. There were actually some really good reasons. Um, So I'll I'll just leave it at that for now. Then Jesus answered and said, "There were were there not 10 cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He said to him, stand and go. Your faith has made you well. So we see that same um, response from Jesus that I've tried to give those nine credit, like, well, but but they were obeying. They kept going on. But but it's clear, Jesus goes, that they should have had a heart of gratitude. They should have had a heart of of wanting to give praise where praise is due. And, um, okay, I'm going to fit in one last verse here. Uh, Most of us are pretty familiar with James. Uh, Hopefully a lot have memorized it. Um, And yet I find even verses I've memorized for some time, sometimes it catches me and realized I didn't quite catch the fullness of it. So every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. I read this as everything that God gives you is good and perfect. That's not what it says. No matter where you think it came from, if it's a good and perfect gift, then it came from God. Even if it was delivered by the FBI, even if it was, was because I ate better than I changed, you know, or it was the allergy pill by the way doctor said that was not true. Wouldn't have made a difference. Um, that even when it comes from something else, if it's a good and perfect gift, then it came from God. Now, be careful, there's a lot of, a lot of things that seem nice that aren't good and perfect gifts um, and aren't from God. But just another reminder that even when the, the path doesn't look like an angel showed up and handed it to us, um, God uses, uses others. So,